Hello friends, hello brothers. This is Justin with Masonic Improvement with our first installation of the Faces of Freemasonry series that uh, I just decided we were going to do. So uh, I have a very distinguished guest today, the legendary Tyler Smith. Uh, Tyler, would you like to go ahead and say hi? Hey, how are you doing? He is meeting with us via Zoom today, and uh, he is the the first guinea pig of this uh, series of interviews. Um, before we start, I do want to just make the disclaimer that any opinions or or viewpoints or thoughts shared in this or any interview uh, does not represent the viewpoints of any lodge or grand lodge. It is solely the opinions of those that are participating in this interview. So with all that being said, um, again, Tyler Smith, everybody. Tyler, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Tyler Smith. I'm a kidney dialysis nurse. I uh, joined Freemasonry in, what year is it now? I joined in uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, I went through um, the traditional way. Um, I uh, got, my, got my EA, did all the work, turned it in, got the FC, turned in my work, and uh, I'm a freshly raised Master Mason. I was raised in January of 2020. Did you turn your work for your Masters yet? I have. You have? Sir. Okay. All right. Could remember. I'm full-blown, the real deal. Full-blown, huh? So you said the yeah. traditional way. You didn't know You didn't know there was a, uh, another way until we uh, had our had our. <clears> no. No, I didn't. I didn't know there was another way until y'all. We had that little roundtable. That roundtable was really, really uh, eye-opening for a lot of stuff, especially having a mason from, um, uh, you know, a master mason from three different state, you know, three different states present. You know, you know, especially the one, one, one of the guys was a uh, district grand deputy, wasn't he? Or uh, yeah, I believe so. Whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever the equivalent is for for the state that he that he's in. Yeah, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a uh, a wide variety of uh, practices that are that are in place here in the United States and around the rest of the world as well. So, Tyler, um, why don't you tell, just share with us, what brought you to the fraternity to start with? So, I was sitting at home, and Netflix has that, that uh, Inside Freemasonry thing uh, video, yeah. and I watched it, and I was like, oh, man, it, it looks pretty cool, all these all these guys walking around with all this regalia on and these jewels and their white gloves and their ceremonies. And I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know a Mason. I don't know anybody that's ever been a Mason. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, <clears throat> I watched that whole series. It's like five or six episodes. I watched all of them, and I was like, okay, this looks really cool. So then I, I got on, started Googling. I was like, hey, crap, there's a Mason lodge right down the street from the house. Mm -hmm. And there's never I never see anybody there or anything. And so I, I emailed every mason lodge within a 30 mile radius of my house and so, one lodge got back to me that's it ballpark how many how many lodges would that be i probably emailed i mass emailed like at least 20 lodges so you emailed 20 lodges and got about so to this day you got only one, got one response. response to this day i got one response and i got an apology from another one yeah then yeah. that the apology I got was was at my 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 raising ceremony like when I was being raised he's like he's like why didn't you apply for this lodge and I was like because y'all didn't get back to me this one got back to me mm -hmm. he's like oh I'm so sorry about that yeah I mean it is what it is so I think especially with the uh, the current situation in the world 
it's really it's really kind of put an emphasis on on um, being able to adapt. Uh, for example, many jobs you know that used to be used to require you to do things in person and face to face had to quickly adapt to doing things from home. You know, through meetings like this and in other means, and right it just shows how behind we can be. You know, oh, if absolutely. we want if we want to appeal to younger generations, you know, and we want to move forward because Freemasonry historically has always been kind of on the forefront of technology, and um, we have somewhere fallen behind. If you can email twenty lodges and get you know one response back promptly and then an apology response sometime later, so that's <laughs> you know that's that's a tenth a year later. <laughs> yeah, and so. That that just goes to show we have we have a we have so far to go, relative to historically when you look at how how we used to be on the forefront. Um, uh, a good a brother of mine he shared um, something uh, called a magic box. You know what that is? Um, like I mean I can guess, but. Go ahead and tell me what it is so I know we're on the same page with it is. So a magic box is kind of a a precursor to projectors and things like this. And so you had um, shapes that were basically put in like this. It was either like a cylinder or something. And you had a light source in the middle like a, cal- like okay. a, like a candle. And mm-hmm. they would display these shadow, these shapes on the walls. And this was um, okay. these were used very early on in the fraternity in some lodges to – to help, um, you know, illustrate and explain the lectures and things like that. And later on, once projectors came, came in fashion, um, we were on top of that too. We were using projectors and lodges for our lectures and things like, things like this also. And so somewhere along the line, we, we just dropped the ball on all these things. And it's, it's unfortunate because now it's coming to kind of bite us in the, bite us in the butt because we, uh, who knows you're you're telling me one story who knows how many other people reached out to lodges yeah. and probably no just walked away or just gave up yeah exactly yeah. well you know and, and, and unfortunately like technology and freemasonry have trouble hand in handing together because they're because of the the privacy i, mean, I can't i'm not gonna say secrecy but because of the privacy that a lot of the things that we do require mm-hmm. um Technology and, and Freemasonry don't really go together very well. So we, as the upcoming Freemasons, have to find a way to to integrate technology and in, in, in still keep things the old way, but find a way to make you know make it make make technology work for us instead of against us. I think there has to be especially a comp- right, right. There has to be a compromise. But you know, with the, with with technology, we've gotten into this um, this right now culture. Mm-hmm. We have to have things done right now. Yeah. Anybody that is which that is totally going flies process, in the face of Freemasonry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody that's gone through this process knows, like, like it's going to be a month. You know, you, you know, for most lodges meet once a month. Mm-hmm. So when you meet for a stated meeting, you vote on a candidate, or you know, you go for a stated meeting meal and you get your petition. Next month you turn in your petition. The next month they vote on your petition. Or you know, sometimes it's the same night, but generally it's the next month because they have to do their the, the we have to do the uh, the the the, the uh, you know with the I just drew a blank. Uh, you know, you have to meet with the guys and they have to do oh, their uh, investigations. investigations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Just take, you know, sometimes take a month to get done. So, I mean, you will get six months sometimes from the time you met with them to the time you turn it in. Then you turn around and you're like, oh, crap, do anything. I can really do anything, or I can even wear a ring, or I can wear a t shirt, or whatever. But I mean, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing because there's, there's a gratifying sense that you, you did all this work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, and, uh, it, it, and we, you know, like we were talking in that round table, when you do all that work in one or two days or, you know, a week or whatever, you, you, you miss the gravity of what you're actually doing. And so like, like, for instance, like the, I think that's what uh, I think there's a lot of brothers that's kind of slid off of that, that path where they're like, you know, like this is a brotherhood, you know, we need to keep this out, this out, you know, this in guard the West gate, you know, stuff like that. And there's a lot of that stuff stuff that gets kind of put by the wayside just I don't know out of convenience or you know yeah you know we all forget so there's two things I want to I want to I want to touch on this you know I want to I want to backtrack a little bit because you know we talked about the the technology and the compromise and everything so there's nothing that can replace being face-to-face with it with a brother mason you know in the actual lodge room shaking their hand when we could do that again and sitting next to them and actually sitting in the lodge, you know, nothing, nothing can replace that. And so I don't think there's any technology that, that ever will, you know, even with virtual reality where it's going, it's still not, it's still not going to be the same. Right. But there, there are other things that we can do that aren't really, you know, they're not, we're not at risk of losing any of the, secrecy or anything like this um for example uh many lodges and grand lodges still don't allow you to pay uh dues electronically right so i have to i have to do like a physical check or something um many grand lodges there's there's still some grand lodges that don't have a online storefront for their own merchandise And, and and they have been working on it for years to do this, to do this years to work on a virtual storefront i could go build one right now you know um yeah hey gosh i live stream it took me 10 minutes to set up a storefront for my merch yeah and so but but little things like that little things like being able to check your email on a regular basis you know having a, a decent website having a presence on social media you know things like that that aren't they individually they, they seem small but they add up, they're cumulative. And, and in today's day and age where so many people, the first place they're going to look, they're not going to, they're not going to look on, on the map for, for a local lodge or something. They're going to Google, no. going to Google Freemasonry. They're going to mm-hmm. Google, you know, like free Freemasonry into your, your town here or your state here. And there needs to be something uh, appealing in, in um, user-friendly and prompt when you're trying to do some oh, yeah. research. The other thing is you talked about how, you know, you had to work for, for what you did, you know, in, in the traditional sense, you know, we have to, we have to go through degrees. There's a certain amount of work. I mean, it's the amount of stuff you have to memorize, especially here in Texas is nothing short of, of is uh, not ridiculous in a bad way, just ridiculous in the, the sheer quantity oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it overwhelming. A, it's a feat. It's a feat of memorization to to be able to remember and recall all that information. 
And then later on, when you add on, you know, the ritual work and everything like this. But the point I wanted to make is I, I, I firmly believe, you know, if something's easy to get, it's easy to give up also. Oh, yeah. So the, the quicker and, and easier something comes across, the, the less value you're going to put on it and the more easily you're going to discard it. So if Freemasonry is cheap and fast and easy to, to become a member and you try it out for a month and be like, eh, you know, not what I thought. You just walk away from it and you're, you're, you're always yeah. going to be a statistic in, in, in poor retention at that point. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so with that said, um, what has been, let me back up because you said you watched the, uh, oh, the, uh, the Freemason documentary on, on Netflix, which I watched it also inside the Freemason, yeah. I think it's called. It's a good documentary. Um, based off, based off the expectations that set, and the reality, what what discrepancies did you really come across? <clears throat> so with that documentary, like once you get into it, what you what you realize is that documentary is based on a uh, on a Grand Lodge meeting, and they're different, and they're 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 really kinds, and you know they think other stuff, you know, as far as the drinking and the, the camaraderie and the brotherhood before and after whatever they do, mm-hmm. but like you know, <clears throat> in a normal lodge meeting, you show up, um, you go. You, you know, you, everybody shows up, you eat dinner. Um, it's usually something quick, easy, cheap. And then you all set for a lot in a lodge for an hour and pay bills. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, you don't do all, you don't have all the regalia and all the gloves and all the fancy stuff that you're, you see in the documentary, you know? Yeah. And so I mean, it, it, it was, it, it, well, I, would, I can't say it was really a letdown. It was just, oh, this is different. It's kind of a, so I, have to, I might have to rewatch the series, but I think there was some Grand Lodge stuff in there. But, I think the majority of this, it, it was based out of English lodges, so like uh, mm-hmm. in the UK, and and I think uh, a lot of those actually were just your typical UK UK experiences in their lodges, with the with the with the nice dress and and, and all and all this kind of stuff. There was actually a uh, a visiting brother from the UK, and he went and visited a local. I don't remember. I don't think he moved down here. He was down for business or maybe to visit family. And he was at a kind of a local lodge and he showed up to visit and he was dressed like you would normally dress in the UK. Right. And so he right. came to uh, a lodge. I won't, I won't name the, I don't want to throw any lodges under the bus, but it was a, uh, it wasn't, it was, it was probably about the same size as our lodge. Okay. Okay. And so he shows up in a tux with the white gloves. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole nine yards. And everyone else is sitting there like in overalls and blue jeans, you know, like, what is the deal with this guy? And so he, uh, he reached out to his Grand Lodge. And he's like, well, what should I do? Because I'm the only one <laughs> probably in the county wearing a, a tie right now. And his, his Grand Lodge responded to him. And said, basically, as long as you are an English Mason and you're sitting in a lodge, you will dress uh, based based off what's expected of you. Yeah. And so, I mean, he, if he was going to visit a lodge, he had to do it. He had to wear the, the tux and the and the gloves and, and the whole nine yards. It's just uh, it's just a different um, a different approach, I think, a different mentality. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I can't. I, I mean. I, I don't know. We we just in the states, we, especially in Texas, 
and and people that aren't Texans won't understand this, but <laughs> Texans treat life a little differently. Like um, uh, we were, I was talking to somebody, and they're like, like like now we have this mandatory mask order where I live, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, well, I'm not wearing a mask. Why? I mean, dude, it, it it it's really not that big of a deal. Just slap it on, go in the store, and come out. But no, I'm not gonna wear a mask. You know, like you wear a seatbelt. They told you you had to wear a seatbelt. Yeah. Well, well, no, no, but I'm not worried. Stop being stubborn, dude. Just, just do it and be done with it. Like you could argue for an hour, but like, us Texans, we we are stubborn to the point that you're not going to tell me that I have to do something. Really, if you want a Texan to do something, you tell them to do the opposite of what you want, because mm-hmm. we're just we're just so stubborn by nature. Yeah. So if, you, if you tell yeah, us. Just, uh, don't wear a mask mask. yeah it's like don't whatever you do do not wear a mask anywhere they're like oh really well i'm gonna wear i'm gonna sleep in a mask i'm gonna gonna wear it everywhere i go that's that's true that's totally a texas way of outlook i mean and and you know and and a lot of that just comes from our history like we're we're a very rebellious history kind of people but anyway so really if you wanted to fix the dress the dress issue here in texas if the grandmaster would yeah. say, I require everybody to wear overalls, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. all their lodge meetings, be like, oh, really? Yeah. You're going to tell me, I'm going to wear a tuxedo now, just because yeah, you yeah. told me, yeah. you told me to wear, you told me to wear overalls. <laughs> Brother Underwood just, just needs to come out with a blanket statement. He's like, all right, from now on, all lodge meetings, mandatory pool party dress code. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come in like you just got it off work. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wear a you told me, you told me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, problem solved. You say, I think dues should be as low as you could. I'm going to mandate that dues need to be as low as they can be. Oh, really? Well, I'm going to actually make them reasonable now. So, yeah, just just go just opposite of what anything you say, anything you say here in Texas. No, like I'm curious to see what 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 how the mood changes when we start looking at the the bank sheets. With us not being able to do fundraisers and stuff right now, because I mean, we have to pay the bills. We have to pay for things. There's things that we have to pay for, and we're not getting those from the fundraisers that we would normally get those from. Yeah. So I mean, we're going to have to do something with our dues. So the thing Just, is, right there. Th- yeah, I'm, I'm here. Um. Mm-hmm. The thing is, with with the with the the situation you're okay. talking about, is we're still pretty limited on what we can do. You know, um, we can we can meet for our uh, our annual our our annual our monthly stated meetings and everything, but we can't do mm-hmm. anything extra to that. We can't do call meetings, and really, we're not supposed to do anything in a, in a large in a large capacity from a from a fundraising perspective, you know, and right. that's, um, that's not even, that's not even necessarily a, uh, like a grand lodge mandate. It's almost like a, like a state and local government kind of thing where, you know, don't, right. don't need to be so many places, so many people in so many places. So that's a valid question. And, and who knows, who knows where we're going to be at a point where we're, we're going to be able to function like that again. So yeah. that, that's going to, that's going to, that's going to have to bring up that, that question at some point. And I, I, I promise you what will happen. Not every lodge, but you're going to see some lodges where their, their finances are going to get okay. hard. And, and what you're in, 
either going to end up with are uh, a few people footing the bill for their lodge or lodges shutting down because they can't, they yeah. can't they're not financially viable. And, and this is yeah. instead of considering, hey, if we raise the dues and everybody paid a little bit extra, then we would probably be okay. Those yes. uh, local large had a similar situation where they, uh, they, they never really did fundraising. They just had a, a kind of a sweet gig in their town. They had someone renting out their, their bottom floor and uh, their renters decided that they were going to move elsewhere. But what you ended up with was this was an old building, one of old kind of old downtown kind of buildings and kind of a dying community. So there was no real uh, market for this bottom floor. And so instead of looking at their options, as far as, you know, they didn't want to do, I don't know if they tried fundraising or they just didn't want to do it, but they didn't really consider just raising their dues. I know that much. They didn't look at that as an option. And if they had done that, they might've been okay from a financial perspective, but instead they ended up having to merge. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand there's, there's a lot of older brothers that are on fixed incomes and this and that, but a lot of those guys are already, um, lifelong members any what is that called endowed members yeah endowments or like a lot of lifelong memberships and things like that yeah yeah those guys don't pay dues right no so if you buy an endowment uh which i won't i won't comment on the endowment program but if you buy an endowment then basically you don't pay dues the rest of your life and also yeah. if you have been a member for a certain number of years i believe it's 50 um, may even be less than that, but I think it's 50. Once you're a 50 year member of the fraternity, then, um, or 50 year member of the lodge, I can't remember which one specifically, but you're exempt from dues from now on af after that too. You're a life member. Yeah. And so that, that yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind mine doubling. You wouldn't mind what? I wouldn't mind our dues doubling. I could deal with that. Like, I mean, especially if, if, if it helps out, you know, I should have to sell less raffle tickets. Yeah. I'm not a. There's a raffle going on at our lodge at my lodge right now, and I, I did I, I did not take a ticket. I'm not going to sell any tickets. I would gladly pay you more dues. You know, I will gladly I'll gladly yeah. write you a check, but I, I I'm not going to to do any kind of raffle tickets. I'm not going to go and approach people and try to sell things to them like that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like selling stuff. Yeah. I'll do small things here and there. Like if uh, you need help, you know, cooking food or, or something like that, I'll, I'll, I'll do oh, something yeah. like that, you know, for the lodge. But if you, if you're doing it as like a, like a fundraiser here, the problem with fundraising is this basically um, there's two reasons you, you do fundraising is either to, to keep your building running or to turn around and give it away. And so yeah. if you're, if you're doing it to keep the building running, why should other people foot the bill for you? Why should other people pay for your, your hobbies and your, your, your self betterment? You know, that's, that's, that's your thing. That's your task. That's your, that's your burden to pay. And if you're doing it for charity or fundraising, if you're raising money and you turn around and give it away, it's not your money. <laughs> it was never yours because you just took it and gave it away. You know, charity Charity, yeah. is, I take out my wallet and write a check right now. Charity, charity hurts. Charity, you feel that that missing money. If I just, oh yeah, if like if my neighbor gives me ten bucks and I turn around and donate it to the Shriners Hospital, that was never really my money anyway. Easy come, easy go. It's no no pain there. 
But it makes you look good. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. That's the thing. It's good publicity. You can, you can put it in the newspaper. You can post it on Facebook. Hey, look at all this money we donated. Please join us. Please yeah, become yeah. one of us. Yeah. And then people join under the false impression of that's what you're really created to do. Right. So, so let me ask you, uh, <laughs> let me see. We got, we got a few more minutes here. Let me ask you if you had a kind of a magic wand and you could change any one thing about the fraternity, um, what would you, what would you probably change? I don't know. We just, uh, I, I think, I think we need to do a better job of, of using the tools that we're taught to use for mm-hmm. good. For good, you know. For good, you know, not for evil. Like, I guess some the people better, think like we the use betterment, it for. The betterment of society is that what you're saying? Or? The better, the betterment of society and the betterment of the Mason, mm-hmm. like, like the individual person. Like, like if everybody used the tools that we were given, like we would have a lot happier Masons. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know if you heard it or not, but I was talking about time management. I, I use my time management tool very, very religiously throughout my day. Like, it's something that I've actually, like, this from the second that I've, I've learned about the time management tool in Freemasonry, mm-hmm. I've used that to help kind of guide me through my days. Yeah. That makes... And I'm tiptoeing around stuff because I don't know, I don't know what all is, is, I can't remember what all is, like, secretive and not, so... That's all good. Just you know what you're talking about. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, when, when you were breaking up there earlier, you're, I, I, I made out that you were talking about some of the, uh, like the more notable Freemasons, you know, historically. And I think that applies a lot mm-hmm. to what you're, what you're talking about, you know, for the betterment of society, you know, and, and ourselves. When you look at, for example, the founding of, of United States and, even the founding of the Republic of Texas and, and things like this, it was, there was a lot of Freemasons involved, right? And if you look at the biographies right. of some of these people, like Benjamin Franklin and George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and, and so on and so forth, you know, these guys, these guys weren't just lawyers or just doctors. You know, they were like, he was a lawyer that also, uh, volunteered at the fire department that also was on probably like 10 different boards and wrote a few books. And so these people were, were very prolific in their professional and uh, public life. And I think somewhere along the lines, we kind of, we kind of lost that, you know, if, if you want the, the world to be a better place, then you need to put good people or, or at least better people than what we have in charge. You know, they need to be the ones that are, that are volunteering. And this isn't like from a, like a, like a global domination perspective or anything like that. I'm not, you know, suggesting any crap like that, but you know, every community has boards and, and organizations that, you know, their, their purpose is to, to serve the, the people of that community and, and help, you know, help help the community itself to thrive. And most of these organizations, most of these boards, most of these um, volunteer positions are empty. You know, they're starving for people to step up and volunteer and help out. And this is where we as a fraternity are, especially in 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 uh, comparison to 
how active we were in the past, you know, from a, from a historical uh, figure perspective. You know, this is a this yeah. is a prime opportunity where we can step up. You know, I'm on a few boards and uh, I'm on a uh, like a board for a water company. We meet once a month for an hour. You can't tell me someone doesn't have time for that. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce among we be we meet a few more times a month, but it's it's not so it's not so time consuming that anybody couldn't do it. And there's plenty of opportunities out there in every community and in every organization and if we were to just step up, just step up and apply what we have learned to ourselves and in our endeavors, I agree with you. We could we could do a lot of good in this world. And I, I think a lot of that comes too from like like your city. Like you're, you're talking about the, the the chamber of commerce or mm-hmm. commerce. Like that, that, that's a structure that's been set up and it's been rigid and it, it's worked, you know, they've, they've molded it where they needed to. But like, 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 I don't know about committees that need, that need volunteers or I would volunteer for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know about these things because there's no, there's no database. There's no listing of what we need done. Like yeah. it, 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 it goes back to what you're talking about with hand in hand with technology. We have a Grand Lodge website. We have Facebook pages by each lodges. For each lodge, like why don't like like if we need a committee done, why can't we post on there like, hey, we need these committees to send out like private messages to all the members. Like yeah. we need these positions filled. Anybody want to do them? So uh, one thing that the the viewers won't know about, but you know, you and I were on a uh, the roundtable last last week with uh, just a few masons from other states. And one of the one of the brothers mentioned something that he did was he created a an email list for the members of his lodge, and you know once a week he sent out an update just saying what was going on, and so this ties in perfectly with what you're saying. You know if if there is a, a need for something, many brothers want to help out, but they don't know necessarily what is needed, and they would probably come back to lodge if they felt like there was something that they could do to be productive. Right. And so if you were to create a list like that and just say, look, this is, this is what's going on. These are our projects. This is what we need. You know, if anyone can help out with this, or these are the committees we have empty. If anyone wants to help out with that, then please let us know. And you could even do that. So here in Texas, we have our, our, our jurisdiction divided into districts. And so you could do it from a, a district perspective. Also, you could a district, uh, like the district deputy could create a district mailing list and say, look, this is what these lodgers are. This is what they have going on. This is when the meetings are. This is when the degrees are. This is what they are looking for. So if you want to help out, if you want to pitch in, this is who you contact. This is what you do. Yeah. Or even things like, 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 you know, I'd message you about wanting to be on, I I, want to be able to do last rites and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, like if we had like a funeral team that did, that, that, that did, brothers last rites and if we had teams that did these certain things and or degree teams etc like you would have that option available to you to, to learn those, those 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 skills you know what i mean yeah. it gives you i mean you get out of it freemasonry is the kind of thing you get out of it what you put into it but i just need the opportunity to, the the not the, the opportunity to put more into it yeah well the the new master will often ask what do i do now after he's turned in all his work and uh, Pastor Master will say, well, you'll get out of the fraternity, what you put into it and just kind of 
leave, leave it, it at that, you know, and yeah. the, the new, the new master is just standing there like, I don't know what that means. You know, where yeah. do, how, where, where do I, where do I put into it to get something out of it? And that's why a lot of them leave. I think is because they're once, once that structured guidance is over because we do a really good job. We have a very structured process to get everyone through the degrees. And so you always know, this is what I need to be working on. This is what's expected of me. You know, this is what I need to be able to do. And then once you're done with that, all you get out of it, we put into it at this point. All that structure is gone, you know, and, and the people that, that, that make it through this process, I think are the kind of people that thrive under that structure. And as soon as you take it away and you say, there's no more structure now, you're just on your own. Then um, it, it's, there's so much to Freemasonry. There's so much, it's so broad and there's so much depth to it. Yeah. You know, and there's so many rabbit holes you can go down. It's intimidating. And, and for the new guy, just looking at it, looking at this vast expanse of esoterica and, and memory work and, and officers and, and re- required learning and, and books and things that you could do, you don't, you don't have any idea where to start. And that's where we need to pick that up. We need to say, what's your interest? What do you want to do? What do you? Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with it. I completely, I completely agree with you on that. Like as a new master myself, like, like I want to do more. Like I, I want, I'm interested in stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what, what like, there's so many different directions that I can be pulled. And fortunately for me, like the leadership that was there in place when I, when I, when I was raised, um, has always like been pushed me like, cause I, you know, I, 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 my first thing that I want to do is I want to end up being a past master. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I, I just want that tag. Like I, I want to be a past master. I want to give something to the crowd and leave my heart. And so fortunately there's people that are in my lodge that are like, Hey, Hey, we, we don't have this guy. I need you to fill in for this seat or, Hey, I don't have this. I need you to fill in for that seat. So I, I get pushed into these, these roles that I wouldn't normally have just volunteered for. But what it does is it gives me exposure to those roles. So like, like in my lodge as a, I've been doing this, what, six months now, seven months. I mean, I've already played, you know, I know the Tyler role. I've played the junior deacon. I've played all these different roles around the lodge. Mm -hmm. And so I know I've been exposed to these things and I know kind of what to expect. Yeah. So you're on the right track and to anyone listening, if they're in a similar position where you know, they would want to be a past master at some point. That's, that's what I would recommend. Start, start with the basics, start with the most basic offices and learn the work and, and, and demonstrate to people, you know, that you're capable of, of doing basic memorization, taking the ritual and degree seriously and, and implementing it. And then, and then don't ask for permission, start memorizing, go from the bottom up. So learn the Tyler's cause it's, it's basic, right? And then learn yeah, yeah, all the deacons work and then start working on this, on the wardens, start learning their stuff. There's no, there's nothing stopping you from learning it. And then one day when someone's out and they need a warden you say, Hey, I know it, let me do it. And once you've demonstrated that proficiency, eventually there's going to time, come a time that they're going to, they're going to be looking at upcoming officers and they're going to say, you know, Tyler knows it already. Why, why can't we put him in it? Yeah. Okay. If you're an EA or a fellow craft, <clears throat> just because uh, and very loosely meant this term, just because you're an underclassman, don't mean you have to be a ghost. Like, find a spot. Like, like for when I was an EA or a fellow craft, like I'd always pop in and say, "Hey, what what do you need? What do you need?" 
and like you know i i i clear plates for the from, from dinner or i do you know i'd help do the dishes or i'd help cook the food or whatever they needed done mm-hmm. like don't be a ghost just do do stuff around the lodge and people will notice you and you become more of a brother that way you know? yeah like they call on you for more stuff i think i think we we, we kind of trap ourselves we ask for permission too much you know, there's no reason you can't go and volunteer to help, you know, ask what, what do you need? What can I do for you? Uh, there's no reason you can't learn the, the officer's positions like, like we're talking about. If you want to help out with degrees, pick your favorite position, your favorite degree, and just learn it. For permission, just, just learn it. And then when it comes up, hello, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Hello. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what's going on. I have, I have full service, like perfect service. I I don't know, I don't know. I was just saying. And I video call people all the time. I was just saying, um, don't ask for permission. Just go out and go out and learn, and then just turn it in. You know, and and this proficiency it just just comes up whenever there's a degree or something. You know, that's your proficiency. If you don't learn a, an officer position. Your proficiency is whenever you're you're actually filling that position. Same thing with a, a degree. If you want to fill a role in a degree, learn it. And then your proficiency is is the first time you actually fill that role in that degree. And once you pass that proficiency, once you demonstrate you know it, you're good. People are, people want you to keep doing it, and you just keep growing from there. Yeah, you just gotta keep moving forward. You know? Yeah. Don't ever get don't ever get stagnant. All right, brother. Well, we're getting on that uh, that forty five minute mark that uh, I promised you. Um, okay. Do you have anything you want to add? Any, any just parting words of wisdom you want to share with everybody? Not really. I mean, just just treat it treat treat a brother like a brother. You know, mm-hmm. um, he, leave the political BS out of it. Um, you don't need to try to make everybody believe what you believe. You know, just li- you know, treat the craft with respect. And treat your brothers with respect, you know. That's all I really got for you. Sounds simple, but we often lose sight of that, don't we? We do. Yeah. All right. Well, brother Tyler Smith, I definitely appreciate you uh, volunteering to uh, to be my first uh, interviewee, and I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you second time around. And I <laughs> feel like this was a very good interview. I feel like it was very informative. And, um, yeah. So did you want to leave a, uh, did you want to leave a, I know you have your own little, uh, your own little YouTube project. Did you want to, uh, just mention that real quick before we, before we go? Oh, no, no, I'm good. You don't want to? It's, okay. No, 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 I'm good. All right. Appreciate so, it. Appreciate yeah, it no problem. No problem at all. All right. Well, Tyler Smith, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again, brother. It was a pleasure. Always. Have a good week.